<laughs> Canva is a great app. We are now sponsored by Canva. If you're looking to make a poster or an, an Israeli a pro, um, yes, Mossad company, um, if you're ever looking to design a quick flyer for a craft fair or an infographic about why all Palestinians want, are terrorists. I want there to be. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to put free Palestine in a pretty font. True, with little flowers. I want there to be. And like yoga pose. I be like a designer. A designer whose like job is that they like they're like a professional infographic designer. Like you can you can like provide a topic and be like, you know, can you just make this for me? And then someone like yes. does a really good job in Canva and then they're oh like, my Here God. You go. This is for your story. Yeah. I'm like collecting these uh, infographics because I just feel like each one is more insane than the last in the in the it, purely in the aesthetic, like, I mean, in the content, the content is horrifying as well, but, like, just the juxtaposition, I guess, of, like, just the most horrifying information <laughs> that you could I, possibly learn being presented in this, like, sleek millennial aesthetic, perfectly, like, ready for Instagram. Yeah. Oh, it just gives me brain damage every time. It's, uh, I would like to write, like, a 500-page novel, like, in that format. <laughs> like... <laughs> every chapter it's like a picture book it's like a picture book it's just like you joke but somebody's gonna do that oh, some yeah. girl it's boss been... is going to do oh, that oh yeah it's gonna be a YA novel yeah I saw I saw oh. a good one today that was like I love this take it was like from someone I knew who's Jewish and was like if you assume that like because I'm Jewish I support Israel like that is offensive and incredibly like shallow minded and and horrible and it's like um uh also, just because I'm Jewish, I don't owe you an explanation. <laughs> like, I'm so like somehow, thank you for telling uh, weighing in. <laughs> somehow the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is about you. Yep. And your yeah. Time. That's what. Now. Yeah. Um, that is like that is at the heart of all. I think of the infographic revolution is like <laughs> everyone making it like about themselves in some way. Absolutely. It's Which is so. Great. <laughs> it it's so i don't know the the social pressure that people must be feeling to like get them to to feel that they have to do this for every single issue that crops up like it does make me worry like when my friends who post uh like mick you were talking about this earlier people who post about like 17 issues in a day like they can't like they nothing seems to be like personal to them it's just Oh, an infographic about something? Let me throw it up on my Instagram story. It's like, yeah. I worry about these people. I, I, I mean, the argument that, like, you know, knowledge is power or whatever, or, like, you know, the more people that are aware, the better. But it's, like, not if... And, and it's not like there's anything, like, any one individual or us could even do about the Israeli-Palestinian yeah. No, conflict. there's literally nothing <laughs> any of uh, but, us can do. <laughs> yeah, Unless so you're going to go like, over yeah, there and like, fight. We, <laughs> I mean, like, like the aware the awareness isn't a bad thing, but somehow, yeah, that like trying to make other people aware creates this guilt in everybody. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's it's not it's like a tortuous cycle. I don't know. Every uh, yeah. and people, yeah, it's like they're transferring it from one person to another and like feeding off of it. 
<laughs> or something. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like the moment you learn about it, you also uh, get all this guilt that you and, have to like tell someone else about. Yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You have to rope everyone else into suffering it's like, alongside. It's like network you. marketing. And it's but with, like, <laughs> it's like grief. everyone presents it in this way of like, have you all heard of social media and information and news? Well, like, like <laughs> let me aggregate that for you. Um, I am. I work in IT. <laughs> like I don't know. It's like it's very strange, very strange. And yeah, I agree, Ashley. It's like troubling. It's troubling to see people I know and like friends that are caught up in it, like yeah. every day. It's just like uh, at that point, it's like c- clearly, uh, none of this is like yeah really means anything to you personally. Like, and and I wanted have the good faith interpretation of that which is not that you're just cynically trying to maintain a woke image so that you maintain social standing and and believe that people genuinely are doing this because they think they're supposed to Mm -hmm. and that it's good for some reason but even then it's like uh are you not stressed out like uh do you like how can you possibly be invested in like all of these things equally like some one of these things has to mean something to you like come on yeah yeah it's it's almost worse when it's like issues that uh you you could or like i guess like like the you know blm protests and stuff like that where like you know last summer in chicago like you could attend rallies or you could protest at outside of the police station or apply pressure in physical real world ways with this it's really hard to do so yeah. I can understand people feeling hopeless and wanting to project like this like you know shine a light on the issue but um yeah there's th- oh, with all that comes this like if you're not reading about this right now <laughs> you need to wake up and like <laughs> it's so important that everyone know everyone knows and uh that that part is yeah weird i don't know yeah especially because it usually comes from the people who have never had a word to say about palestine before in their lives yeah exactly or like it's still yeah it's like literally seeing things that are like if you're if you ain't retweeting about this right now then what are you doing and it's like (laughs) i don't know i'm doing as much as you are i'm reading a book like me (laughs) retweeting something about like Someone being like, Israel is sus. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anything. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's... I, I, don't, I think most of it that I've seen seems, like, pretty sincere. I mean, there's certainly some people that always, like, have to signal that, like, they're on top of anything. But it's, like, yeah, it's actually, like, yeah, it's almost more worrisome that it's, like, it is, like, this very sincere need that a lot of people have developed based upon like what happened last year and they're just applying it to everything going yeah that comes up now like yeah it's very it was like people couldn't let go of that whatever that rush it was mm-hmm. to feel like i'm oh i'm doing something by not doing anything i mean that is it's just like the that lowest is common the, denominator of the liberal way yeah yeah it is it's, quintessential liberal politics and it's like and i think what it's like what this has been showing me is that like you know everyone always wants to be like oh this next generation is like 
really like they're gonna be ahead of the game they're like very left <laughs> very radical oh, and it's no. like seeing all this it's like no there's everyone's a liberal still like mm-hmm. all these tools and behaviors are being passed down to this like yeah. you know 20 something class especially of like the young like professional class who i feel like are are always the ones like speaking loudest lately about these sort of things yeah absolutely (laughs) um it's it's all meaningless (laughs) like really yeah yeah well yeah i was gonna say on an issue like this honestly like any one of us whatever we say or do about it is purely because like you said there's literally nothing any of us can do about what is going on in Palestine. Like, none of Not us can really. do anything about that. So any reaction we have to this issue is going to be purely performative mm-hmm. because, like, that's what it is. Like, uh, and, and I'll, yeah, like, when I talk about Palestine, it is on some level just me being like, I want people to know that this is what I think, and that's fine, but... That's, like, a little is... different, though. I think, yeah, well, and, I, saying, and I understand that. Like that makes sense to me. I guess the difference here is like maybe maybe people should focus more on like the U.S.'s, uh, you know, facilitation in like all of this and <laughs> yeah. complicity in, over the last you know, forever hundred years <laughs> at least. You know, yeah. Um, well, that, my that's point a part was. That, oh yeah, go ahead. My point is just that like it's literally all meaningless. I'm not not to I'm not trying to legitimize. Uh, anything anyone else is saying, I'm trying to delegitimize anything that I have ever said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's like one thing to be like, to be viscerally like um, affected when you see this stuff, obviously. Yeah. Because it's like yeah. insanely yeah, tragic cool. and like brutal. Horrifying. And yeah. it always has been, basically. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think, like, reacting to that, to me, seems normal to, like, want to say something yeah. about, like, oh, shit, like, um, look at this shit. But it's, like, it's, sure. yeah, it's just, like, that's a different tier. Like, this stuff goes beyond that. And it all revolves around, like, you touched on, I think, both of you, just, like, this weird thing of, like, wanting to make everyone around you feel guilty. Yeah. And that's very yeah. strange. It's funny because, like, shame is the least effective way to control people, oh, I yeah. think. <laughs> like, yeah. and yet, yeah. uh, I, I don't know, people, like, liberals especially, like, cling to the use of shame. I think because it, it's not effective, but it feels good to wield. And I think that it really is lib mindset, is not effective, but feels good for me to do. Yeah. Um, it's all about feelings and like aesthetics yeah exactly Um, and i like can kind of understand that because it is like this instant gratification of like well i did my part like i retweeted i complained i complained i complained to hr and that's my i've (laughs) done my job and now i walk away and nothing changes passed it up passed it up the ladder yeah yeah it's kind of like you you need it's like the hope that like someone will push back against you and you can just like bitch them out for 10 minutes in like the chat and be like Mm -hmm. like i'm making a difference yeah you this guy from my high school is not getting it you it's the equivalent you are ripping into someone on the other line that is actually like a, a robot like, if you're, like, talking to customer service and you think, like, you're really doing so, and you're, like, you know, you're talking to, an, like, an algorithm, essentially. 
And yeah. that's kind of like what our yeah. government is basically in relation to us. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not truly. like they're listening. You know, like this is like a, this is our policy. And yeah, if you want to talk about like changing it, what we could have done is not fucking like elected Joe Biden. I suppose would have been a, I mean, a like Bernie, would have been a Bernie start. Sanders. I feel like there are moments in the campaign or the debates where, like, Bernie would be like, we don't need to be giving Israel, you know, $70 million. And, not, like, why do we give the, you know, just, like, a, from, like, a budgetary perspective. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's like, calling that out. Um, you know, obviously awesome, but, like, you know, that, that doesn't catch people's attention. So it's, like, it's definitely been out there. It's just, like, hasn't, and it's it feels so trivializing to talk about it in this way, but it's, like, it hasn't been, like, trendy enough for people to catch on in the horrible way that they catch on to most things yeah in well, this country or it's it's like the the risk of coming out as as free palestine yeah. is uh i guess for a lot of people not worth uh even if they do genuinely feel the way they do like they feel like what they would have to sacrifice to like say that publicly is not worth it, which is honestly very terrifying. Um, it is true. There but, are like ramifications for people that take stands on that particular issue, um, especially in this country. Yeah, and it's um, and it's even like Bernie taking like the stand, and he didn't really go into much of the politics. It was it was more of like yeah. we don't need to be giving all this money to them, etc. Yeah. And even that, him as a Jewish man, it was called you know he's immediately called an anti semite. Yeah, I mean, you see or, what they did to Corbin. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the, a great example. It yeah, yeah, it is like genuinely, um, and that's not. I I am of the belief that like if you genuinely believe in something, like you should be willing to risk whatever standing to be like have some integrity. That's that's just what I think. So for me, it's a no brainer. Like I don't care what theoretical opportunities I might lose or friendships I might damage by saying like fuck Israel like I'm, I'm gonna be honest um but so like it, that's not to say that like I think it's okay for people to like keep quiet because they're afraid of what they might lose but I but it is something you have to acknowledge is that like we live in we live in a society <laughs> in which like uh, there are potentially material and definitely social ramifications to publicly saying, like, you know, Israel is a, is doing apartheid. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like complaining about some of the like virtue signaling, etc. I will say, on the other hand, it is like it probably is like the first time I've seen like this much even though it's still, I feel like, overwhelmingly basically pro-Israel in this country, especially, like, yeah. people actually in power. But it does seem like there's a lot more people within the media and just in general that are kind of, like, taking the stand at, like, oh, yeah, like, they are pretty much doing apartheid. This is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah. like, that's good. I'm... Yeah, like I said, it's yeah. hard because it's, like, you don't, I don't want to be completely cynical. Like I, I, I don't want to let all of my idealism die quite yet. Even though like we are almost there, <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to believe that like yeah. it is at least a good sign 
But, like, yeah, even if not everybody who's talking this way is genuinely invested now, um, at least maybe it's a sign of a slight cultural shift that could point towards future progress that might one day trickle up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know, I know. As I say it out loud, I Let's, can't. I, I know. We're, it sounds stupid. We're, but. we're a glass half full podcast, and I like this positivity. Um, you gotta have but, something to hold on to, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Now that I've said it out loud, it feels kind of silly. I don't know. It made me feel good for like no, two I... seconds. <laughs> I was like, ah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, maybe we figure this the... crap out, huh? <laughs> Stepping back, it's like. The attention is good, and I do think that it's it's ticked in the right direction. But at the same time, I also feel like the situation is ratcheted up, like one minute closer to midnight kind of feeling, where it's like yeah, it's actually like oh, every, everyone's giving a shit like right at the end when it's like so fucking yeah. dire and like yeah yeah like if in two weeks it just fades away, which it probably will, like everything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least on the social media trend that we've kind of been. I think that's what we're criticizing. But that's like where we in general, but. all live now. So it's like, it seems like it sort of has gained importance from this past yeah. year, you know? But like, yeah. Yeah. I think the point you just made is to- it's so true. And I think the feeling I have about like everything, which is like, okay, so like our awareness keeps going up and up, but the situation is like actually reaching all time lows and all time, like it's right. getting, it's worse than like ever yeah. in so many aspects while yeah, coincidingly yeah. people are like realizing it's like bad or worse as ever right. but yet like where's the like where does it go like is it ever gonna give like, but it looks like it's, it's like, like it's this, getting worse because like, like what line, changed after like, last year like nothing this f <laughs> like nothing changed yeah. and a lot like the yeah. whole country was like liberals alike like everyone was pissed and saw, like, what terrible things, like, police were doing and how our government was handling COVID and, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and, uh, I don't know. No results. It was, like, one cop <laughs> one cop got sentenced to jail and everybody's like, right. okay, it's working. We're fine. Uh, the system, yeah. But he hasn't the even... The system has self-corrected. Yeah, every state has one Black Lives Matter avenue. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, which they'll probably paint over like without anyone realizing in two years you know yeah. for whatever for the olympics no, in, uh, in 10 years it'll be f- uh free palestine avenue yeah that will probably be the progress we see i went to israel once really oh my god steve is canceled <laughs> that's what i could do i could i could go back i could I could. Do you um, have some pool? Do you have some pool out there? I could do. Ali Aliyah, I think, is what it's called, where you like commit to this program of like living there for. I think after like four years, I could become a citizen. Um, because of my Jewish blood. But uh, <laughs> Jewish blood. I was very conflicted about going. I didn't. It, it was like a birthright trip, and I didn't go until I was like 32, 31. Because normally you go when you're like 20 or something. And yeah. I was like, I don't know about this. Like, it, it felt, it, it was like a moral dilemma for me uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, 
one way or another, I was kind of convinced to just like take advantage of this free trip and like, yeah. and sort of just like going in with the awareness that like, yes, either the money I spend or somehow this will benefit like the colonial state of Israel, <laughs> <laughs> and I will be, I will be, I will be brainwashed the entire time. Yeah. But in the end, it seemed like uh, better than nothing, um, and I really didn't think the. It, they didn't really touch on the the conflict too much. Like there was like one <laughs> one night of the program where we had this like British journalist who uh, covered you know Israel uh, Israel politics and stuff um, for twenty years or whatever come and talk to us and it was like we danced around like anything complex and critical like so much and like he kind of just went over like some maps and like kind of like <laughs> the history of the Middle East in general. Um, and even like some of the some of the group leaders, um, I I like messaged them after the trip to be like, hey, I had a great time and it was like a beautiful country and met mm-hmm. so many nice people, but but like I still have this real moral dilemma. Like like there's a part but of but I am joining Hamas. Really great. But here is the point. I am very proud of being Jewish. I actually lived in Israel for some months. But what I happen to believe is that right now, sadly, tragically, in Israel, through Bibi Netanyahu, you have a reactionary racist who is now running that country. But you cannot ignore the suffering of the Palestinian people. We have got to have a policy that reaches out to the Palestinians and the Americans. And in answer to your question, that will come within the context of bringing nations together in the Mideast. Rihanna just dropped her statement on the uh, Israel-Palestine situation. Hell yeah. What's she saying? <laughs> well, yeah, while we wait for Steve to yeah. get back on, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read Rihanna's statement posted to Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> My heart is breaking with the violence I'm seeing displayed between Israel and Palestine. I can't bear, B-A-R-E, to see it. Innocent Israeli and Palestinian children are hiding in bomb shelters, over 40 lives lost in Gaza alone, at least 13 of whom were also innocent children, exclamation point. (laughs) There needs to be some kind of resolve, exclamation point. We are sadly watching innocent people fall victim to notions perpetuated by government and extremists, and this cycle needs to be broken. So, thank you, Rihanna. Rihanna, very good. So yeah. that was like kind of a both sides or there. Yeah, that was a very classic. Uh, violence makes me sad. Yeah, that's been extremists, bad people on both sides. That's the most common for like anyone in this country that like has any sort of status that i've seen basically yeah it's like i don't i don't like children dying that's my only take (laughs) wasn't that like greta thunberg's uh whole thing (laughs) yeah yeah. oh yeah Yeah. our girl she's great we should get her on Uh, the absolute worst statement by far, Andrew Yang. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's been a, it's been a long time since I've seen a statement that terrible. It was fun. It's fun to have him around. Yeah, Steve, did you have more context to your story? Yeah, we were talking about birthright. Like got... Yeah, it's like yeah, I can't believe we that. left off. You were just joined. You had just we? joined Hamas. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I made a After... lot of. I made I made a lot After of after training with Mossad. You decided like. <laughs> I made friends. I don't know. It's a little rigid for me. Right, right. (laughs) Um, 
I don't know what my point... Oh, my point was that uh, Birthright did not deliver on, you know, quelling my anxieties about... It did not. ...the wow. settler state. Shocker. Uh, I, basically, I wrote this long letter to, like, some of the, the organizers of our trip and just never heard back when I was like, how do you, as, like, an American or an Israeli person, like, live there knowing, uh, like, all this horrible shit is going on? Like, no offense, but, like, uh, you know, how do you do that? How do you, how do you kind of defend yeah. that in your mind and just just yeah got no response um, yeah <laughs> i don't know it's a strange place it, i mean it's it's uh, there's a lot of good things i could say about my experience there but but it's you know that's it's it's twisted it's twisted up i don't know this is yeah yeah i've heard it's pretty chill <laughs> to like <laughs> hang there it it i mean yeah it was it was chill when I went, I was like, I was strip search in the New Jersey airport. Wow. Um, there, it, it, there's a very rigorous like interview before you're allowed on the plane. And, yeah. uh, you know, very basic questions like, what are you doing? Where are you staying? Who do you know there? Have you ever been there before? To like, I had gone to Indonesia like two years prior to um, Bali. Um, and they did not like that they were just like why were you there what were you doing um and uh and then it was like have you ever fired a gun do you own a gun <laughs> and then they they uh, tested they did like a swab test on my shoe um and they said for that like they, a bomb or something yeah like ex- and they said that they detected explosive chemicals on my <laughs> shoe so i was the only person out of this like 30 person group i was taken into this like private room they made me sit there for like a half hour just waiting. And then uh, I basically had to take off everything but my underwear. And this like, this dude who looked like Drake, like watched (laughs) me just get like every inch of my body, like felt up by this like other pudgy ass dude with gloves on. And uh Hey, this is not a fat shaming podcast. Okay? It's, it's budgy. It's just a person of size. Person of size. Uh, Wait, do you guys? I saw a headline recently that co- that said "large sized people." Yeah, I saw I've never like seen that. that one before. Yes, I think I saw the same thing. I, I've never seen that before. What's going on? <laughs> I'll send you an infographic about it if you don't. If you don't know and you haven't been reading. Shit. Fuck. Fat people are under attack. God damn it. As a husky guy, <laughs> I gotta say, these fat fucks gotta shut up. <laughs> yeah, we need to center mixed voice right pronouns now. Pronouns are husky. My, this is my shit. My pronouns are husky guy. For us XLs. <laughs> for us XLs and beyond. XLs. Um... <laughs> Yeah, fat people need to toughen up. I think I found what I hear, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one there. Oh boy, you got more crack than Harlem. Look at that. Boy, so fat every time I turn around, it's his birthday. You gotta put his belt on with the boomerang. in a bucket of KFC. Extra crispy. Every time it goes to SeaWorld, they 
start paying him. He must be on that new diet, Slim Slim. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. We interrupted you. No, it was just, just a, uh, just a. Uh, I just wish the hot Drake guy was the one feeling me up. It's basically the point yeah. of the story. I know when that line bling. That can only mean one thing. Yeah, you got those. You I didn't well. have. I don't know. I didn't have any. I didn't have a bomb, obviously. Um, it's just crazy. Just even leaving the country was like that. You get like an exit interview. It's like, damn, dude. Like, I'm trying to go home. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's crazy. Basically, just like a militaristic intelligence state. That's like an extension yeah. of like the U.S. So I kind of get it. It's basically one thing a I'll huge say though. Military base. I do think that like mandatory military enrollment is like kind of badass after going there and like talking <laughs> to everybody about it and like kind of getting the experience i was like i think i'm on board for this i mean we have the michigan militia here uh, so are you are you guys familiar with the uh check the box yeah i mean the, if we uh, had all of those like one in every state we could do it uh the Taylor Swift stan who got uh, thrown in prison for refusing to join the IDF. It's like a big part of uh, Twitter history. Mm. And There's this this girl who ran like a Taylor Swift stan account with like a ton of followers. It's like a huge, huge deal. Um, her account just like suddenly went dark for like a while and she came back with this iconic tweet that was like, sorry guys, I was in prison, I'm back. <laughs> and like someone replied and was like what the fuck were you in prison for and she's like oh i refused to join the idea dang <laughs> sorry besties i was low-key in a gulag yeah. for a couple of years <laughs> literally like, that's cool <laughs> one of the one of the all-time coolest internet users in my opinion yeah that's cool as hell i think there's like only like i think the only way to like get out of the mandatory military service is you have to be like um like if you're like Hasidic and you're like, you're like I'm devoting mm -hmm. my life to like, the the um, like studying you know, to um, the church, to the church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to commit your life to the church. Um, um, <laughs> as I learned in the movie, Talmud. you don't mess with the, the, Talmud, with the thank you. Yeah, yeah, I saw a little film called "You Don't Mess with the Zohan," starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> and apparently, if you want to move to America and become a barber. You also can leave. I don't Hell know. You yeah. guys haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an episode on that movie. Actually, it's a good one. I, I'll yeah, I'll watch anything. It's oh, actually pretty. Yeah, it's we, pretty. It's pretty funny for modern Sandler, as I call it. Modern More Sandler. modern Sandler. Post nineties. It. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. He's basically a Mossad hitman. <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> he plays a Mossad hitman whose dream is to become a barber. Like a style, like a hairstylist in America. Okay, that, and and that rocks. yeah, so he leaves like Mossad and goes to New York to become a, and it's like this like very post nine eleven vibe of like him like these like Palestinians are like hunting him down, but then they end up like you know getting along. It's actually very relevant to what's actually, going that on. Actually, sounds right like now. the maybe we can. I think for I think for next episode yeah. we should circle back on Israel Palestine with uh, you don't mess okay. with the Zohan. Yeah. All right. So, all right. I'm in. All right. And then like just make like a really you should like summarize that movie like through some really stylish infographics. Like yeah. like <laughs> like um 
just like psyop infographics, but that are just promoting. <laughs> yes. like, we okay, yeah. I actually want to go down this route. Like, cr- we like, should do that. To topic. This is the big. Th- we have just discovered our first pa- how why we can create the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Info- the, we'll start the, the psyop <laughs> infographic factory. The psyop uh, infographic factoids um, <laughs> about you don't mess with the Zohan. And how it relates to our current crisis will only be available <laughs> for three dollars. We all love Canva. I feel like we're all very Canva proficient. Uh, oh yeah, so. we are sponsored by Canva. So everybody, go check out Canva. Tired um, of making the same old boring party invitation or social media post? I would do that. Oh my God. I would. What were we? supposed to talk about this episode the israeli founder of we work adam newman he, this, oh okay. my god Here we, see this is everything's connected we know this there we go we always know this uh yeah that actually is a good way that's a great segue i forgot he was israeli yeah we work is a big one big tech kibbutz <laughs> <laughs> um oh my god i did watch it a few days ago it you know it reminded me of like um, like some sort of like cult Jonestown documentary mixed with like yeah. fire festival. Yeah, like that's, that, that's yeah. The that parallel was definitely there, and obviously like very directly in the sense that like they were luring people into basically paying for office space. And just to be clear, um, we're talking about the WeWork <laughs> documentary. That's yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, I was going to interject. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, this guy, like, starts a company that's, like, he's basically renting office space. Through different real, yeah. real estate. Real estate. Yeah. Right. And then he's, yeah, he's renting it out to people under the guise of, like, we're all going to be, colla- like, if you're an entrepreneur or, like, you want to create something, we're going to basically have, like this hub for everyone to be doing that together and and then he's like presenting it as like this big collaborative yeah. thing that eventually evolves into like presenting it as like this is a new way of life this is a new community you can only really interact within this community yeah. and then the firefest aspect being like luring people in by throwing these huge events every year and bringing in like people like ashton kutcher oh god I forgot and I was looking yeah. into a little more. Lin Manuel Miranda was at a few of these little events, yeah. and then like you know bands and people and artists. I mean the festivals looked tight. Um, that that they did, it did look fun considering our current state, but um, it <laughs> was basically like it reminded me like of like he was almost creating this huge like fraternity, like a fraternity environment for all these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like a big student union, like yeah, because like, it's like all. Pretty much young. It's all like twenty somethings. It seemed like, like everybody. Well, yeah. <clears throat> what was interesting about um, Adam Newman's scam, I guess, is that like, uh, I guess the like the more criminal aspects of what he was doing uh, evolved when he decided to like expand mm-hmm. his business beyond WeWork. So now he decides like. He's going to also run a preschool. Yeah. He's going to also, like, do these other th- kind of side businesses as well uh, as well under the we umbrella. We and so for this, he we tries live. to trademark 
the word we, yeah. which is ridiculous. He also starts uh, buying property. I think he was buying property and forcing WeWork to rent mm-hmm. from him. He was basically funneling uh, money from the company to himself, like yeah. consistently throughout it. It seems. Yeah. So so he's. It, I feel like maybe this started as like an honest. Uh, real estate venture but then he got these like delusions of grandeur these ideas of like uh bigger things he could do um and then clearly just a man very high on his own idea and really interesting that this kind of seemed to happen as he after he met his wife who's like very into kabbalah um (laughs) And she, and like he's uh, Jewish, so I guess that that explains why he, like, also might have an affinity for Kabbalah. And so, they kind of like, I don't know, develop this like kind of Jewish mystic kind of religious mindset yeah. where that that it's like very New Agey. So you can kind of see. Uh, <laughs> The way, like, where the delusions sprouted from. Truly, that's when it started. <laughs> and how to, they happened. That's when it yeah. started to fall apart. In my, I mean, yeah. whether the movie, you know, really uh, laid it out that way, made it seem that way, but it was like, some, it was, it went from like his strict business to like now his wife is kind of like, you know, like a CFO yeah. sort, or not CFO, but she's like, she's up like top three. She's like on the magazine as if she founded it yeah. or something. And doing the Wii school and like kids and like just, I love new age stuff, but like that, that it's yeah. quackery but that's, in the workplace. Yeah, in your Wii work. Absolutely. Well, it was all like it seemed. I don't know if some of it was sincere. I think perhaps some of it was, but that sort of stuff like it. It's pretty transparent that like it's all revolving around making some money. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And. Yeah, it may be how the documentary painted it, but there is that shift where, like, they start to focus in on his wife, Rebecca, and she's the one that's, like, seems to... She's, like, there's footage of her going on these podcasts and being interviewed, and she's the one that's getting very, like, trying to be very spiritual about all this. And they're like, well, what are you guys doing with this company? And their answers are always like, well, we want to raise consciousness around the world. Change the world. Yeah. And it's like, but what does your company do? It's like, yeah. we're raising consciousness and building yeah, community. Yeah, elevating vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, the school stuff's basically vibes. like, oh, like, they're opening, they're just trying to open private schools to make money. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> that's what they're trying to do because they're seeing, like, the tuition at these schools that they're opening is, like, 30, 40 grand. Yeah, it's like a daycare. And day, they're, it's like, like elementary schools or daycares. I mean, yeah. that's, like, classic you know, New York City private schools. And then, yeah. but then like where the problem seems to come in and what's happening all along is that basically like he's convincing people with his charisma and et cetera to invest in this company. And like the whole tie he has with like that Chinese businessman with the company SoftBank, I think yeah. that's the name of it. SoftBank. Yeah. SoftBank <laughs> basically starts pumping the shit out of this company. And it's all relying on SoftBank, yeah. and that's when they start expanding, and the whole like goal—they're trying to go public, et cetera. They're building up all of these expectations when the company's actually like losing money constantly, right? And just um, like hiding that fact or funneling it to Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny, you know. You know that like it's just—it's it, always interesting when like 
people with the new age kind of uh, abundance manifesting mindset get end up in situations like these because it's like the new age spirituality is like oh god it's it's developed so well to kind of like facilitate capitalism you know like it's so insidious it's crazy how like um how easy it is to take like a lot of genuine like spirituality that has like genuine roots and then kind of warp it to be about like amassing money and like you're entitled to all the abundance that the world has to offer you which means you know it's your right to make money however you want to and it's just like yeah you're like you're manifesting all that money like for yourself and not like exploiting uh you know tons of workers yeah Yeah. (laughs) financial (laughs) records and stuff like that Then karma, karma always comes in, you know. Well, most of the time. Not, not uh, for, well. <laughs> we could use a little bit of that right now. Don't but yeah, it's like ending, you're but... right. It's like they are. It's a yeah. It's the weaponization of spirituality for capitalism, which yeah. is like it's, it's so not disgusting. Totally new thing, but like it is reaching this like widespread point because almost all of these type of characters, like Adam Newman. Yeah. And people in the tech industry all kind of espouse this shit in one way or another, like, lately. You know, mm-hmm. they all, yeah. you know, either they're into, like, the transcendental meditation vibes or, like, there's always some new age vibe. Um, yeah. But generally, I think it's, like, it's more of a PR thing because it softens an image. Yeah. I think it's yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it adds, like, and a... I, I think sometimes these people, like with like adam newman and his wife is like that shit just like you just have this huge ego all of a sudden and you start to feel like sort of godlike and like maybe you have a direct channel to god i think oh yeah because look at all this like success and look at all this power i have and look at all these people that are hanging on every word um i could see it yeah naturally i mean it's like they said in the movie i think it's like once you start saying you tell some middle-aged or you know mid-30s you know tech entrepreneur guy that he's like the savior like he's gonna start believing it and acting like it uh and he very clearly did but i think even before all that i think like i mean the whole thing seemed like so lame uh it seemed like like er, very like a very early 2000s idea like yeah like like everybody's on Netscape in like a coffee room, you yeah. Know? Like it's like yeah. honestly to like it has Biggie like a Smalls inter- or something, <laughs> like an internet cafe vibe or something. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I mean, like because it's, like, it's all it really was. Like everyone's just like <laughs> logging on in the same space, just chipping away at their well, stupid startup. Yeah, I uh, I asked my brother. My brother's like a a business guy. He's uh, getting his MBA. Uh, so I I texted him and I was like, what, can you explain to me like why business people were so attracted to WeWork? Cause to me, it just seems so blatantly stupid. And I know that like, I'm looking at it like with the benefit of hindsight. So I already know it's stupid, but I really think that like, even if I'd never heard of it before, if someone described it to me, I would know that it was stupid and he he told me basically that like well i think that it it they did really strike on this uh idea that 
you know, we kind of, the work, the modern workplace kind of lacks a sense of community that, like, maybe supposedly existed in a previous time before gig work and contracts and all this stuff that, you know, I guess, uh, like, has more people working alone or in smaller teams than, like, working together, and so, like, but I'm just, like, that doesn't feel compelling to me either. Like, what makes somebody get excited? What's like? <laughs> what makes somebody get excited about WeWork? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, were, wasn't it kind of like being sold as sort of like all these people are in the same space and like this this allows for like collaboration and this spontaneity yeah. and this idea sharing. Yeah. But it's also like if you're at work, it's not like I'm gonna pop over to your office and be like, "Hey, let me help you with your shit for a little bit." You know, like, but that uh, and they like, I feel like they illustrated that in the documentary where it's like they were talking about like, well, the reality of it was like not anywhere like close to what was being presented because they were saying people that were like renting spaces or working there, you know, like when investors would come in or press people, they would be instructed to you know gather around and act like they were yeah, doing yeah. all those things so it sounds Set like the, the reality up. yeah <laughs> like it sounded like the reality of that like wore off after like a few weeks you know like they could only mm-hmm. like drink mm-hmm. from you know their beer taps so much and sit in the common areas because it started <laughs> to sound like they basically <laughs> were all like crammed in there you know like it was way over rented so like everyone's on top of each other and no one Everyone was like miserable. Is what it sounded like eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a preposterous I, uh, concept to me. I've <laughs> never worked in like an office office job, but I do imagine it would suck. So I can definitely. Oh yeah, it's I terrible. Can, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I can see. I can see like how it's attractive, obviously, but. It's one of those I things where it's like it's like it's like how, it's like you're it's like you get everyone together and it's like now we all have to be friends and yeah and also work you know like it's sorry. still yeah like this devil's trick of trying to make everyone think that like work is cool and fun and it's not it's just <laughs> yeah. really not like it's very rare to find that like generally work is like pain the ass and it's okay yeah. to like view it yeah. that way but like our corporate culture gradually has developed this thing of um and it's worked yeah. basically of trapping us into a mindset that like work is life <laughs> and that's yeah. and that's obviously like they literally were saying it <laughs> with this company yeah. you know right. um and that but yeah. that that is sort of this i can see why people end up finding it appealing especially the people that were involved in this a lot of them seem kind of like pretty close to like fresh out of college and it yeah. kind of seemed like a way for them to just like extend that lifestyle. Yeah, I way. guess if you can convince people that what they are doing has purpose, then you can very easily convince them to make work their life. Because if your work has purpose and your life is work, then your life has purpose. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. just but, described like every like. Uh every dad from my hometown. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's just like ethos, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but some... it's, it's just very rare to find a job that actually does right. have any sort of purpose. And Mostly they're trying to convince you it does, <laughs> and it does not. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, the past 20 or 30 years we've seen, like, a rush of this, because, like, work basically has lost its purpose. Like, mm-hmm. work used to yeah. have a purpose, even when it sucked. Like, factory work had a purpose. Um, yeah. And a lot of different, like, small businesses, you know, had some form of purpose to the community, I suppose. Um, yeah. And now, basically, yes. none do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's very few yeah. and far between, and especially, like, off- the, 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 like, office job revolution <laughs> starting probably, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Like, there's really no purpose to what most people do there other than to make money so they can live. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I think like I think that's what's at the heart of it. Like work has lost purpose. So now like all the people at the top are like you know, like tinkering with ways to convince us mm-hmm. or to keep yeah. us there, you know. It was crazy I when I worked in in the beauty industry where it's like we are blatantly profiting off of women's insecurity. It's like that is what we do here. Let's not have any like uh illusions about it and and how desperately like the highest paid job i ever have i worked i worked front desk uh for like a medical aesthetics clinic so they did like botox and fillers and like medical grade like skin treatments laser hair removal all that kind of stuff um and and it was so like it was I didn't last that long. I didn't even last a year because it was like every day I had to go to work and be like women, beautiful women with just too much money are going to come in and, and I'm, and they're going to drop just amounts of money that I will never see in my bank account. And one go because they feel bad about how they look and and this is going to be sold to me as like, you're empowering women with your job. You know, you're <laughs> helping these ladies feel that we're making you the best you you can be. And like the way I, I mean, I was just front desk, but I was still required to like drive sales in my own way. And it was like, nagging them. I, I just, I couldn't do it after a certain point. I was like, one, I mean, the clientele is just, like, all of the worst people you can imagine. <laughs> um, but two, it was, like, even though these people are terrible, it just makes me sick to know that every day my job is to, like, get as much money out of them as I can by exploiting their physical insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have to, like, neg them on the way out? Like, kind of, like <laughs> knock them down so that they'd be like, hey, maybe I need to go back and get more? No, but you are trained to, like, if they're getting, like, all of this kind of service, then, like, maybe a a similar service should be suggested to them. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if they always buy this product, maybe you go, like, oh, I noticed you've been using this product for this issue. Maybe you'd also, you know, which is, like, not actively negging, but it is kind of making them more self-conscious about, like... Why did you say that? Why did I put teeth whitening? (laughs) The, uh, I do this, like, I've, d- I've gone to this, like, isolation uh, float chamber thing here a couple yeah. times. And um, uh, the lady's really cool. And, like, 
we all like I, I always like come out after like two hours and you just kind of like she's just somewhere else you know you're just mm-hmm. kind of like been vibing yeah. out for two hours and uh <laughs> sometimes I just want to like walk straight out of the building go straight to my car and just like not talk to anyone but she always wants to like debrief I'm like what how yeah. was it and it's like that's fine I'm like it's great it's so nice thank you and then she's like you know we've got like a, a package that and I'm just like she wants to get into like the fucking commerce <laughs> yeah. of the whole thing and I'm just like I love this place I will definitely come back I cannot talk to you about this right <laughs> yeah. I have to go but she's cool shout out to yeah. Waters <laughs> yeah well I, I'm trying to remember why I told that long story and I re- <laughs> I remembered it's because uh, jobs are bad but they try to convince us they're good yeah, that's yeah. what I was driving at yeah uh, and it's just, it's really disgusting. Like, like, I don't know. I feel like I would have respected it more uh, if in my time in the beauty industry, because I've also worked a few hair salon jobs, which would also be a smaller scale, but same thing. Like, we're profiting off of people's physical insecurities, but we're acting like we're empowering them. And it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, I would, I prefer my stupid retail job now because nobody has any illusions about it like being important or meaning that's, anything that's the like, yeah, key you, I think you sell shit yeah. like cause I was and that's yeah. I was like yeah. I've had jobs I like right and it's like why it's like because everybody just acknowledged like this is what it is and yeah. you know on some level like you're like I worked at this pizza place when I first moved to Chicago uh, just like making pizza uh and it was just like a little counter it wasn't a restaurant like it's kind of like a take and bake thing it was actually good as hell but yeah. people were pissed about like i don't know it was really expensive but it was cool it's just like prepping pizzas chopping ingredients putting them together and then people would be like coming in picking it up just excited to take it home and eat it i'm like this rules uh yeah. there were shitty parts about it like you know whatever like my boss just like like someone's got to be the the asshole you know run the place yeah but it was like just chill and like we could just well, play you're music providing and, like, something that makes people feel good and that yeah. people <laughs> theoretically that. Yeah. and that. that people theoretically need yeah. which is food right so right those yeah. jobs are cool i mean i think that is that is the key i guess at this point is finding the last few jobs that have like i've been working at a bar and i'm like i love it like it's cool and yeah. i feel yeah. like for the most i mean there's annoying aspects obviously but like, you know, like I don't have any moral quandaries really about what I'm doing. It's like this is cool. I like to drink. I like being able to help people drink, and like to like not be like in whatever shitty situation they're in during the day or at their job. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a good. I love vibe. That. Yeah. Everyone I, should just open like... and work at a bar, <laughs> like slash restaurant, like a bar and grill. That's well, like that's like no. I, we need uh, a bar and grill revolution, I, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I like uh, <laughs> I like my GameStop job. I'm no, happy. you need to stay at GameStop. It makes me happy. Yeah. As well. But that, yeah. yeah, and that these lo- that all of that is connected. Those but that's three like types no nobody at GameStop is like we, none of us think that like we have an important job. Like we're all we're all cool guys who love video games and and you know we're not like under any illusions about like being a family or doing anything important in the world we just like shoot the shit and like try to do a good job and like 
people come in because they want fucking 2K21 and we sell but them that, 2K21 that and is, they go home a little happier. It is important. It's like, it's like, you, and, and the, it's like the chillest I've ever felt at a job, honestly. That's how it should be. Like, you posting about working at GameStop with, like, pride and, like, uh, <laughs> just, like, you know, excitement, like, makes me so happy for it's some reason. It's been a highlight I mean, I of the past year of Twitter, I think. <laughs> In general. Awesome. They're actually, they are some of my favorite posts. Like, it always makes me feel good. I mean, I've loved GameStop it, forever, and it's just, like, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like. People only go in there and they're like stoked, you know. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, like, yeah. You're not like shit. unless maybe the worst you're a customer at GameStop. But... Yeah, the worst customer at GameStop is still easier to deal with than like the best customer at the Botox clinic. Like, right? Um, it's yeah, and it's very funny because I, it happened last summer. I just kind of got the the stupid idea like it'd be so funny if i worked at GameStop. that'd be a great bit to do <laughs> and then i just applied to every GameStop in chicago and didn't hear anything for like three or four months and then in uh, november got a call from this one in and they were like i probably shouldn't say that but well you work at that, that oh i guess who's, li- gotta... who's listening who doesn't already know me i gotta stop um, in that's right but by anyway me. Oh hell yeah! I'll cut but that. Yeah, I'm they cut like that called out too. me. I don't want people to know where I live. Months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they called Mark me like months later, and were like, "Do you want to come in for an interview?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then I did, and then I ended up like just loving the job, loving my coworkers, and I was like, "This is." I did this almost entirely as a bit. Like Maybe. I was just like, "It'd be funny to to do this," but. That almost has empowered me to love my job because I don't have to take it seriously and it doesn't have to say anything about me as a person. I'm going to go to my stupid job at GameStop and I'm going to do my best (laughs) because I like to do a good job. And I don't, I, I at least don't have to feel guilty when I go home. Like, that's, the, the bar is so low when it comes to work, honestly. It's just, like, I get to vibe out and not have to feel bad about what I did. Awesome. That would be, I feel that's great. probably the key, like, earlier when we were talking about shame being, like, a horrible motivating factor for people. It's, like, like whatever that is, like, it's not like you're, you, you're not mocking GameStop by the idea of, like, it being hilarious to work there. But there's, like, like, I don't know what that approach is, you know? But... <laughs> It's very genuine. But it's like yeah. a ge- having that, it's like, like, yeah, that mentality with your employer, I think, is important because a lot of people have the mentality of, like, I don't know, like, approaching it as if, like, it's almost, like, parental. Like, you going, you're going yeah. into work to, like, impress, and, like, you're already initially very subservient and, like, nervous and anxious all the time. Like, and that mm-hmm. environment is created. Yeah. But, like... You can just not be that way. <laughs> you can just be like, yeah. I think, and ironically, yeah, you will probably is great. You will probably like do a better job yeah, at work if totally. you are like enjoying yourself and confident in it. At least I find that like when I'm not like, because I just I I do tend to be kind of like anxious in work environments in the past. But because I got GameStop, like I was like, this is a a fluke of the universe. This is a silly thing that has happened to me. 
So I'm not going to get anxious about this for one second of my life. I'm not going to be afraid to, like, learn the cash register. I'm not going to be afraid to, like, interact with customers. I'm just going to, like, fucking do it. And and I've done a much better job yeah. uh, than I have at, like, any other job before because it, literally I just said, like, I'm, I'm not – there's – literally no reason for me to be anxious yeah. so i'm just gonna do what i do and if i make a mistake i go like oh okay made a mistake yeah won't do it again but i'm not gonna start crying or freaking out over it and i am having a much better time at work and doing a much better job yeah it's like i can i mean very I, much I think there's an, is, an issue with like your work being tied up at, with your identity that creates this feeling yeah. that people can't pursue a job that you know isn't like a real job you know like there's that line for people like that i mean you know everybody's there are some people that work you know serving restaurant gigs for their entire life and they make a ton of money and sweet but like for some people that's not enough and they're like it's time to get like a real job or like a more stable career and like obviously there's financial reasons and and uh you know people have to do what they have to do but i think there's this stigma of just like your job being your identity in so many ways that creates an it creates an anxiety for people uh and when you when you can detach from that you can thrive yeah absolutely i was gonna be a bird i was gonna be a professional (laughs) bird catcher before I moved to <laughs> Wyoming, <laughs> I went through I the was... most arduous inter- interview process to fucking Dude. learn to capture birds from like big yeah. box stores. Steve, it was the, it was was the hardest thing I've ever done. We had a bird come in, the, a bird got in the bar the other day because we keep the front windows <laughs> open. And I was thinking about you. I was telling some of my coworkers about you, and, and I had to do, I had to get the bird out. <laughs> I like, got a little broom and just kind of like, hey, come on, just, get out of here. And yeah, dude. I mean, it flew out, but it was. Uh, I was thinking about that. But the thing about the, the thing, Steve Bird Bounty Hunter. The thing about um, that job when I when I interviewed, I talked with like people that were. We're kind about of, to run out again, by the way, guys. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um. I'll just sorry wait. to cut you off. I'll just um. Every time we'll I'm trying to make, again, every right? time I try to make a point, this fucking zoom. <laughs> Fucking silence. Oh. It's a song I wrote while I was mopping up your dry blood and teeth. You work all day for some old man, sweat and break your back. Yeah. Then you go home to your castle, but your queen won't cut your slack. That's true. That's why you're losing all your hair. That's why you're overweight. Uh-huh. What was your next... Yes. You were making a big point. Well, my point right when I got cut off was that we were... were it feels like we're ending on a really nice, positive note. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the, yeah. the virtues of, like, jobs that were or could have been. Um, it's... But the thing I was going to say um, about the bird thing is that oh, yeah. everybody I interviewed with and talked to at that company was so jacked on that job they loved it they're like best job i've ever had wow and i i assume that for every one of those people it's like no one ever was like dreaming up they were going to be a bird catcher but you know maybe it's one of those things where like this is so crazy i have no i have no feelings about it one way or the other or it's so wild and out there that it's like kind of hilarious to me that was certainly the angle i was approaching from but uh everybody loved it like they were they were I hope to honestly do it one day. I hope they keep my resume <laughs> and I can reapply. It'd be fun. 
Yeah. That's cool. I feel very, um, like, I went through a very, like, depressed, nihilistic period of my life where I was just like, I will never do anything with meaning or purpose in my life. It's just this, like, disgusting proletarian slog every day. Uh, whenever I try to do something to, like, assert my <laughs> existence, nobody sees or cares. Um, and then I, I reread uh, The Myth of Sisyphus, and it's like that last bit of that book, it's just really like, it, I don't know, it's like, I know it's kind of corny, but it always like, I don't know, it's helped me through like all of my crises where it's like, whatever stupid shit you've got, <laughs> like, just find a way to enjoy that as much as you can. Like, you know, I know that I have the stupidest job in the world. And it's, like, instead of being mad that I live in a world where, like, I can't have a job that actually utilizes my, like, strengths and skills that actually, like, feels like it has a, a grander purpose, like, how can I just be happy with the stupid little thing that I have? And that's really the key to life, man. That's, uh, the dumb truth frequency spiritual tip of the week is... Yeah. Just find a way to get some enjoyment out of the stupid shit that's in front of you. That's the only way I mean, to do it, man. The the I, I don't the the um I don't want to say stereotype, but like mm -hmm. the in Japan, like when I went there, and like there's this, you know, like I think it's like a work, uh, you know, mindset of like like everyone just takes great pride in their job. Like yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Like everyone is like you know, one piece of the puzzle of like the society and yeah. that like, if you just do a great job of working at Seven Eleven and like stocking the, the fucking to go sushi stuff, then like everyone will be happy and like be nice to you. And like, you'll just have a pleasant work experience. You know, yeah. I think there's just, I don't know. There's like a, a there's a shitty attitude towards like work in this country yeah. that like, if it's not good work, then you're like a dumb fuck up idiot yeah. you know, don't matter that 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 creates such a shitty um mentality for so many people yeah it creates this environment where our bosses can very easily manipulate us by telling us our work is special and our jobs are important when really none yeah. of them are when really it should just be like dude it's it is what it is just like yeah I, hmm Actually, I don't know where I land on that, but it's like <laughs> so you don't want to. I hate when workplaces are like we're family. Yeah. Like, it's like I hate the I hate that usage at any workplace. But uh, I don't know. It's just not tied to your identity as a person. I mean, you can take yeah. pride and work hard, and that can reflect on who you are. But you are still an individual yeah. that is separate from like whatever job you're yeah. just doing to make money. Yeah, I mean, work yeah, should absolutely. basically just be like an extension of yourself for a certain part of the day and not yeah um you shouldn't necessarily be like your entire life is not being an extension of <laughs> whatever company is giving you money so you can live in your home or whatever um i think right. it has to be the other way around yeah. basically um it's just like it's such a small part like piece of the puzzle basically Mm -hmm. um, I suppose it depends on what you're doing, but for about ninety like eight percent of people, <laughs> like it really doesn't fucking matter. I think there's a wart mentality in this country, yeah. but I think um, 
I don't know. I think our advice today is sort of paving the way of how we can also, change things. Right. And I think it's sweet to see recently the trend of like Facebook photos of like drive through signs where it's like <laughs> everyone quit. No <laughs> workers. Be right, yeah. like, right, right. I am one man running this Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, um, hey, you know, yeah. you all, y'all have I, been talking I, about this automation, so where is it? <laughs> yeah. If you can yeah, supposedly right? run like, this shit I will, without I people, will, um, go ahead. I will show up to the, the first automated Taco Bell <laughs> for sure. Yeah, why not? Like, I'll check that out. But I think, I don't know if, like, how legit, like, that is as, like, a really widespread movement. I mean, I think as far some as of it's been goes, like, pretty made up. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think a lot. So a lot of it has been I, planted, and, and or is just like jokey, and then people start sharing it. But yeah, yeah. Um, but if it, I mean, I, it, it, it only feels helpful in the sense that like if there is like an ounce of legitimate, um, if it's real, it's like maybe this will affect how much money people get or how people are treated. You know, yeah. like it's hard to tell at at, at lower paying jobs or something like. like that. That could be a great sign, but so much of me leans towards that, like, this really is kind of, like, a lot of it's being made up, basically, just to, like, rehash the argument of why people shouldn't get unemployment. Like, because that's what it's being, like, yeah. used yeah. for. Yeah. So I'm pretty skeptical. It's but probably more like it. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's some people, maybe workers are starting to say, like, yeah, I'm not going to do this dumbass shit. Yeah. Um, it does yeah. feel a yeah. bit like an a bit like an op like my psyop senses are slightly tingling yeah but I, there could be some truth to it yeah but, but there always it is, is any, like, well, good, it, any good it, psyop it, it's got a little bit of that it's got a little yeah bit, yeah yeah, yeah. It's it, got yeah a like little bit of truth. it works yeah. both ways yeah, yeah. it works mm. both ways because like yeah it it, it would be depends cool. what side of the argument you're on it would be cool to see uh people kind of having the guts to refuse work um until conditions are are made better but yeah. i don't have a ton of faith in the american people to do that just because i don't think the american people have enough faith in each other to like stick it out together yeah i think everyone well, and, thinks yeah, if they and, don't compete they're gonna they're gonna lose and if you go to like mcdonald's and you can't if it takes 10 minutes to get your fries you're not you're not thinking like solidarity with yeah. the worker who's, yeah. who's the man you're, like, you're like fucking what the pissed fuck? off. Yeah. Yeah. Get back what there. The fuck, bro. <laughs> lazy bums wants to stay at home instead of make me fries all day. I can't believe I have to sit in my car and tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Well, I don't know. There's some positivity in this episode, honestly. That work, yeah. work, work can be gratifying if you basically approach it. You the, adjust your expectations. Yeah, and you realize that ultimately most of this shit is, like, meaningless. Um, and there's no reason to give your soul to anybody, really, you except for you. yourself and the people you care about. So, like, your fucking employer doesn't need it. And to your point, Ashley, usually you're a better worker if you don't give your soul away. So... I don't know. Every business should be a GameStop and a bar and grill. Dude, your whole the whole time, like from the moment you started, like your your final thoughts there. You were just I know like, I was glitching. I know. 
It's just like no idea what you said. She's like, you're your most like uh, prescient point of the night. Well, we'll hear it when the episode I am, comes out. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to listen to that. Huh? Um, I would like. But I totally agree. I, um, I like, yeah, absolutely. I just and I would just I'm like to say out. at the end of the day, absolutely nothing defines you other than like your <laughs> ideals, your beliefs, your personality. These are the things that define you, not your your job, your race, your gender. None of these things. Your actions. Yeah. Do your actions define you? Ye- yeah, yeah. Your actions nice. do define you, yeah. I just want to say that when we'll, we'll be off, Dumb Truth Frequency will be offering a private life coach <laughs> mentoring program <laughs> oh, through our, our Patreon. That'll be $75 an hour. Um, <laughs> and that's for Patreon members only. I honestly think, think all three of us would make great life coaches. <laughs> Someone I know has like started being a life coach, and it's just like oh, just kind of wow. freaks me out. It's like it's I don't know why. It feels like you. I just don't know enough about it. I can't teach you how to make your life better. I can teach you how to enjoy the stupid life you have now, and I think that's valuable. I think that is how it should be framed. Yeah. <laughs> I just stopped glitching, so I missed everything both of you said too. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back in, and it was just like I saw you actually ripping like a bong, and, silent and, and like, people are just like, "Yeah, we'll just lifestyles." <laughs> By the way, my ending so rant cool. was just me saying the R word and a bunch of other things. <laughs> so that'll be fun to listen to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the communication and now it's like perfect <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like very cleared up now. yeah all right well, what did we say we were gonna watch for the next episode i think we should what? do i think next line. episode yeah. we will continue um to analyze what's going on um in the gaza strip and in the middle east um yeah our voices need to be heard we need, <laughs> we're, and we will so we're gonna out. watch you don't mess with the zohan <laughs> um, a great Adam Let's Sandler figure film. everything out we'll see what we learn and we will create infographics revolving around this <laughs> oh, film yeah. and perhaps we'll get the Patreon going <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that I had something else I wanted to recommend you guys but if I think of it I'll send it along <laughs> okay. uh, I, can't, I can't remember uh, also but. very quickly we were, we were going to talk about Mortal Kombat I'll just say I thought it was a stinker <laughs>